Yeah, I'm doing great, bro. It's the awesome to actually be back on, eh? Like, um, it's been a while, as you say. What, three years in total now? Yeah, mate. Long it's time. crazy. Last time you were on the pod, it was 2020. Um, mm. That was during COVID times. Yeah. How did that impact your business? Because you're a football coach, right? Yeah. So it impacts it quite a bit. Um, obviously, you can't uh, connect with anyone in real life. So you have to do it via Zoom. Um, but what I did was really helpful was I sent like um, little emails for football homework. I did stuff on Zoom. So one-to-one sessions, like virtual virtual training sessions, if you could call it. Um, there was a lot of people as well doing the virtual stuff because that's all you could do at the time. Um, so it was sort of plugged away doing that. Um, I mean, it wasn't obviously um, as much as I would like to happen, but it's just something, right, that you could do. Um, and natural players, they enjoyed it as well because everyone's, you know, those sort of like lonely times really in COVID. No one's like connecting with each other. So for them to have some sort of training um, via the Zoom was perfect for them, really. And to be fair, the the parents of the players, they were really helpful. Um, they were actually awesome to work with and, and really understanding of like the situation. So yeah, it, it worked out well. I mean, it wasn't ideal, but we got through it. I played for Albany United uh, last season. So obviously with the trials, um, if the listeners don't know that, we have to travel to one place for every time, um, which is a bit of a travel. As you know, where I'm, where I'm uh, currently based is quite far. So uh, playing for Albany was uh, a lot easier for me. And secondly, as well, as more of a club environment so I could sort of challenge myself a little bit more um so yeah I sort of made that move and to be fair the the lads at Albany have been awesome to be fair like really good bunch of lads mm. um the the gaffer is awesome as well um but yeah kind of sad to see my uh trials time end but I'm sure you can fit me in for like a guest appearance <laughs> <laughs> when my brother's playing as well I join I join in one one or two games Oh, mate, you're leaking the news here, mate. I haven't even I haven't said anything yet. Technically, nothing's, nothing's gone out yet. Sky Sports, Sky Sports exclusive. <laughs> Calm down, Fabrizio. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. How was the season, though, for Albany? Um, yeah, it was a bit of a mixed one. So I started it last season um, really well. We were top of our league for about, probably say, a few months. Um, and then a long story, but essentially our league got reset um, due to sort of an illegal club being in the league, if, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, it got reset. So everyone's back to zero. And I think it hit us mentally um, that we couldn't really climb the, the ranks again. And because we already played everyone about, you know, six or seven times, we've we played seven matches in total. Uh, people already knew our style of play. So when you're going against them again, they know exactly how you're going to play, how you're going to set up and what players are going to play in their positions. So, yeah, that that one hurt us. And we ended up finishing, I think, mid-table. Um, but, yeah, it's a shame because I feel like we probably could have got promotion if that wasn't for the reset, to be honest. Even though it was sad to see you go, mate, um, what's the saying? <clears throat> one door closes, another one opens. And yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. with Albany, uh, you got more opportunity to coach, right? Exactly. Um, so, yeah, that's a good little segue there. Um, so essentially, um, it would have been last year in April now, I sort of got um, got an opportunity to join a, a football tour. So it's the first football tour from Auckland and Melbourne combined. So it's basically working with grassroots clubs. So like Albany is like a grassroots club, like a, a normal club based in Auckland. And um, we're working with another club in uh, Melbourne. 
So the idea was to combine the clubs and travel to Barcelona in Spain. So it's the first one we've ever done um, with the actual tour group. So there's a little bit sort of not not anxious, but just to see how it, how it went with the club. Um, because the players who are going, um, obviously going from uh, grassroots to, you know, FC Barcelona, you, you're going to like what the top 10, top five club in the world in terms of academy and how they set up. Um, but yes, essentially the tour was um, an experience tour. So it's for players to see how it is for a professional player to live their life like that. Um, and I think it's really good for them to see that because then they know what targets they need to hit if they want to do that, you know, because as a young player, you sort of have it in your head what it's going to be like. But until you do it and you're in the environment, it, it like really hits you and you think, well, that's like the level I need to be at. Um, so, yeah, we, we traveled over there. Uh, that was in September last year. Um, it was a 10-day tour. So we went to, um, so we traveled from Auckland to uh, Melbourne first because we had to meet up with the Melbourne group. And then we went to Melbourne to Dubai. And the thing is just the flight time. Right? Anyone who lives in New Zealand knows the flight time to Europe is horrendous. And um, it's probably one of the most toughest things actually is um, flying from, from one side of the world to the other. Um, and especially as well, the tour group, we've got different ages, right? So we've got ages like uh, six all the way to like 18. So we've got our three different groups there. Obviously, we did the flights and then, um, yeah, we landed in uh, sunny Barcelona. Did you play like a, like a mini tournament or was it just friendlies against different clubs? Yeah, so basically over the 10 days, we played, I think, about six games. Oh, wow. um, and then with the rest days, we used those as like touring parts of Barcelona. So... Um, we essentially played, um, the first two games. And then after that, that's when we are, we started our experience of Barcelona. So we traveled to the center of Barcelona, uh, to see the, you know, like just the city center. And then we went to a few historical sites around there, the cathedral, um, which still isn't done. We've got Bob the Builder still doing it, <laughs> um, which is uh, pretty crazy to see that. Uh, and then we went to um, the city of Girona as well. So Girona is a, a lovely place. It's much more quiet. Um, obviously, right now, Girona, top of La Liga, they're having an unbelievable season. So we picked we picked the most like lucky time to go because Girona last season, La Liga, I think they finished maybe top eight or they must have finished ninth or something. Um, but yeah, they, they're top of La Liga right now. Obviously I think Real Madrid's second, maybe Barca's third. Um, so yeah, that was amazing as well to, to fit that in and go, go and see, um, the Girona coaches and their academy and how they work because they're, they're working on a budget completely different to Barcelona. Um, so it's interesting to see, um, with their small budget, how they actually, um, use their coaches to obviously be top of the La Liga now. So Yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's been it's, it's great experience, obviously. And in terms of how your teams played, like how did they go? Yeah, so um, as I said before, six games in total. So first few games, um, I think the first one we lost, um, and then the second, uh, the two after that we drew, and then the rest of them we won. So it was a bit of a mix. Um, as I said before, we we're a little bit anxious just to see like what the quality be compared because you don't want to go in, um. And obviously just lose every game like eight nil, nine nil, you know, it's not good. It's not happy for anyone. Um, but then again, you don't want to win every game 10, nine nil. You want to have a bit of learning experience. So um, I felt like it went pretty well because um, a few mixed results. And to be honest, the, um, 
the the coaches there, the Spanish coaches there are very impressed with the the, the Kiwi players. Um, not just Kiwi, but Aussies as well there. But um, with, with the younger group that I had, it was mainly Kiwi players. And um, yeah, some of them they were very impressed with in terms of um, their technical skill and a bit more their tactical understanding. So mm-hmm. they're sort of like their football IQ. Um, and I can get into it a bit later, but yeah, one of the one of the players um, after he finished the tour, he got a, a full club scholarship at the wow. one of the clubs in Spain. So what we had there, because we're trying to the football tour, they're trying to create opportunities for like Kiwi players, right? Because as you know. Um, and people listen to the pod, they might know that just New Zealand, that the pathways are just non-existent. Like you've got obviously the Wellington Phoenix, um, you've got the A-League pathways, you've got like the US College Scholarship pathways, um, and then like the grassroots stuff. Um, but apart from that, you know, y- your pathway into Europe is almost non-existent, especially for young players. Like you, you just, you're just not going to be p- sort of like not picked, but not even going to be seen. So um, one of the things the football tour had was um, to get sort of like scouts and like um, academy coaches down to the matches just to see, give like feedback on the players we have here um, and just to give us some feedback and, on like what they're like as players and, and how we can improve. Um, but yeah, one of the players, he, he um, done amazing and he got a full club scholarship. Um, so he's going to go back to Spain neck uh, end of this year, I think, because uh, he's quite young still. Um but he's going to go back at the end of the year and, uh, yeah, spend a full year in Spain playing for, like, a grassroots club. Wow. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. Which is amazing. That is yeah, awesome. It's, it's great. Great to see. What a great opportunity for the kids. Awesome. Mm. 100%, <laughs> man. Like, because um, obviously I'm coaching a lot of players here as well and and to see their, like, you know, faces light up when they're in the academy system and they're actually enjoying the training over in spain and sort of like experience a new culture and ex- and like a sort of new training re- regime i guess they're they're loving it eh? and they can see like a, a huge difference between the two which is um good to good to see because i think a lot of them didn't quite understand the levels of what it would be like um because over here as you know there's only like well if you're playing for club football as a junior or a youth player you're training two three times a week max was in Spain, the biggest difference is a player who's in the academy system. They're training five, six times a week and they're training like two hours per day. Um, so the repetition time is just like huge. Um, so that's probably one of the main differences we, we found um, from here to there, really. You talk about the opportunities for the kids, but what about for you as a coach? Like, what did you learn? Oh, awesome. So like in terms of me as a coach, it was just fantastic. Like, to be in and around um, some of the academy coaches in Barcelona was just amazing. Like one of the days we spent um, was literally against one of the Barcelona youth teams. So it was the under eights. Um, and we played them at like a neutral venue, which is closer to us. Um, just just a side note as well, uh, the Cam New was uh, under construction. So the La Masia Academy and the New Camp, they're both under construction. So when we went, obviously, you can't go in the stadium. You can do the stadium tour, that's fine, but you just can't go in the stadium. So, um, yeah, it was kind of annoying that we can go to their actual like, academy setup. would have been perfect, but obviously, they're just renovating that. But um, anyway, we played the team at a neutral venue, and, um, yeah, it was awesome just to meet the coaches and to see how they set up their team, how they prepare the players, how they communicate um yeah all the all those things there I sort of took to myself and just uh added it in my game really because that's the good thing as a coach you can see a few things that you like and you take it in your game and 
things that don't really work or you try and they don't work, then you can just leave out. So it's sort of just picking what you want to want to use in your own um in your own career and then just add it in when you want. Um obviously with what I'm doing, I'm not really because with my work, I'm not like club coaching essentially. So the things that I want to do is more um more one-to-one -one sessions and sort of helping players reach the next level. Um and just helping them give them maybe a few more pathways as well. Um, but it's a lot different compared to like club coaching. So like when you're, we do group sessions, you're not, how can I say, not involved as a player relationship. So you've got like what, 15, 20 players to deal with. Where's the one-to-ones? It's only that one player and you get to know them super well and you know exactly their strengths and weaknesses and how, and sort of how their potential could be. Um, but yeah, in terms of the coach, amazing. Like, Easily one of the best experiences I like as a coach I could ever ask for, really, to be in, you know, in and around. I mean, there's not too many clubs better than FC Barcelona in terms of how they, you know, have their philosophy and, and prepare their players and stuff. So, yeah, it was it was awesome. How did you um, handle the the language barrier over there? Oh, mate, my, don't don't test my st uh, Spanish. My Spanish is uh, no good. We, we I learned a few words, to be fair, um, uh, during the matches and stuff, but... The language barrier wasn't too bad, to be honest, because I feel like most people can speak sort of broken English. Um, you can get through it a bit, but it is handy, like, you know, to speak fluent fluent Spanish if, if you can. Um, but unfortunately, um, not enough classes on Duolingo for me. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you got a story about um, one of the games with the referees? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. So, um, so one of the games we're playing, I think maybe our second to last games, so I was um, assistant coach to one of the uh, Barca Academy coaches on the side. And um, we, were we were like sort of coaching on the sideline. It was like the last maybe 30 minutes. Uh, basically, the referee hasn't had a good game because um, over in Spain, they, they really do push onto their refs. Even like grassroots academy level, I noticed that they really do apply pressure to, to the ref. And I sort of did ask about like, like why, why do you do that? You know, like... Um, is it is it something that like you should be doing and, and asking a few questions around that? And he said, basically, the reason is, is it's nothing personal. It's just, you know, to simply sway the decisions um, to get on their back. Because <laughs> a lot of people, I think when they watch football, like if you're a casual football fan, if you see a coach having a go at a ref, they think it's personal. But it's 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 honestly not like we just want to win the game and sway the decisions. You know, if you apply pressure to the ref, you know, they're going to have a, they're going to think twice about it because they're humans as well. And if you're going to get on their back, then sometimes that decision might come away a bit more. So um, anyway, the, the the academy coach, he's uh, having a go at the ref a little bit. And um, he starts shouting referee in Spanish. And I, I also start like Jordan as well to to pipe up and help my team a bit. And obviously, I'm not, I have no clue how to uh, say uh, referee in Spanish. So um, I, I heard him, and he's like, he's like, no, 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 you don't, you don't say that. And I said, oh, so what is it called? I said, it's Arvito. I said, oh, Arvito. So he's like, yeah, that's um, that's uh, a male referee. So you just hear me shouting Arvito, Arvito, <laughs> every like, every like second like possible foul. Um, but yeah, it's quite funny because it goes from like a referee to a Spanish word, and you can see the referee's head just turned straight away. Um, what is this Kiwi bloke shouting Spanish words at me? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so just a few words really. But um, it was like things like that. Like it, it's amazing to see the the different like coaching culture. You know, it's a, it's much more intense. 
um, compared to um, coaching over here, especially in the clubs in New Zealand. Tactically, are they all setting up with four three three? So what are they doing? I mean, obviously, because it's youth, so the junior ones they don't play eleven aside, obviously, okay. so it's like nine aside. Um, but they, what they do, what two couple couple things I noticed was mostly the formations are all attacking. Um, they're very like on the front foot, so they're not going to be playing Sam Allardyce football. They won't be sitting back and <laughs> denying space. But um, they really do go on the front foot and be a bit aggressive. Um, they are really like um, what's the word? A big, um, a big emphasis on uh, aggressive like tackles and being aggressive in in the press, stuff like that. Um, and then the second thing is what I noticed is when I arrived for my first few games um, for the matches for the players to coach on sidelines. I noticed the goals are like huge, like the youth goals here. Um, kind of hard to describe, but they're they're sort of like small youth goals. So for the juniors yeah. from nine to twelve. Or, or six to twelve, they're like really small, like youth goals. But the ones here, they're honestly like they for the under tens, under elevens, they use full size goals. And I, I asked um, one of the academy coaches, I said, "Oh, why, why is it such a big goal? Like the the kit, the player in goal, he's honestly like so short, he's not going to reach nowhere. They can't really dive at that age as well." And I said, "So why is the goal so big?" And he says, "We want to promote more goals." So essentially, they, the the idea behind it is they want loads of goals in the game. They'd rather have a game finish seven six than for it to finish, you know, one 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 nil. Again, that goes behind the whole philosophy of being attacking on the front foot. They want to score more goals, and they don't really mind if you know the keeper concedes six five goals. It, they're not worrying about that. That can be later on. Um, they want to focus on the actual team and how they play. So. I guess, yeah, adding adding a, a big goal like that into the tournaments and matches um, really promotes like long shots, striking from distance, like people just taking shots on, being more confident in goal. And um, yeah, so I, I thought that was really interesting, actually. No retreat lines over there? No retreat lines. <laughs> so such a weird rule, that retreat lines. Because, um, I mean, I, I, I sort of understand retreating lines if it's like, low low to medium ability because they can't obviously they can't build out and play out um they're just gonna get pressed every time but then again um when you go to spain um the levels are a little bit more higher so they don't really need that um and the whole myth as well how like people say oh in spain they only build out from the back they don't there's players who play long there's like playing a direct pass long is is fine to them as long as that has a purpose mm. so obviously we're not just gonna play it into the corners but if you can, you know, have the ball at your feet and then switch it to your winger, which has a purpose behind it, that's fine. But um, yeah, a lot of people sort of like asking, like, oh, they only do tiki taka football, you know, you know the whole culture around it, tiki taka. It's not just tiki taka; it's, it's a mixture. So apart from the football, what do you guys get up to on your downtime? Oh uh, yeah, so basically we're all in the hotel, right? So so when we finish our day of our, of our matches and training, we all go back to the ho- uh, the same hotel. So um the way we do it is sort of like um sort of like a a buddy system so the staff will have um for example one staff member will be like with four players as you know being like director of sport you've got to like sort of have that child to to adult uh, ratio so yeah we just go to the hotel um we have like a sort of like a restaurant place so you can go there for breakfast lunch and dinner so the food we have, the nutrition on offer, like we, we had to get it sort of spot on, which is great as well, because 
You won't be seeing any McDonald's uh, nearby. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, though, to be fair, in the uh, in the buffet there were some nice treats. Like uh, we'd have like our dinner and stuff, and then obviously you can have your dessert. And um, yeah, the the buffet would always have some some exceptional food up there. Um, yeah, you'd love it, mate. <laughs> you'd love it there. Um, So yeah, we did that, um, and then obviously in our free time, uh, players we, we had like a pool downstairs, um, and there's like a, a pool table. There's like a like a bingo night thing. There's all sorts of like activities like players can do uh, to keep them busy. And then normally what I would do in my free time is obviously we're uh, staying sort of like in the same area, so. I normally would just go down to the beach, um, just check out sort of like the local area, um, which was like because the place we're playing, uh, the place we we're staying was called Santa Susana, so it was as I said before, just on the outskirts, more by the beach, like a coastal town. Um, and what the first thing I noticed was uh, straight away a lot of Brits are there. I just seen like about fourteen Big Johns in the uh, <laughs> in, in the in the pubs. um which was uh it was just like home from home yeah. um it's just like it, it was quite funny to see at first but once you get used to it it's quite funny um but yeah so just chilling out really in the free time and then we'd have like meetings together um we'd have um sort of as i said before like activities away like in the city center um things to do as a team so yeah you're always busy the itinerary was always full there was not much free time to be honest it was it was pretty pretty busy you talk about the the infamous bus trip oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um we we had planned to go up to the uh mon i think it's the montserrat mountains so it's like this really nice like mountain line in barcelona um it's like one of the top i think top five things to do in barcelona so anyway yeah we get on the uh We get on the uh, bus to, to go there. The whole team is in the bus, and uh, we start traveling up to uh, the mountains. Um, obviously, in a bus, it's it's like 40, 35, 30 degrees outside. It's it's super hot, um, and I mean, we do have like okay aircon, but it's not the best in the in the bus. So we're driving up. Um, takes about an hour drive. Um, so yeah, before we, uh, obviously go to the mountains, there's like a, a car park area where they have to like, uh, let people through. Um, so yeah, we, we park up and then, um, the, the bus comes to a stop and we're like, oh, what's happening here? And they saw like a Spanish security guard come up to the front and, uh, he started obviously speaking in Spanish to the driver and, um, yeah, the, the sort of like the, the head coach of the tour, he was at the front as well. And um, basically, they got told that the buses couldn't come through. Um, they don't allow buses, <laughs> <laughs> so so we're we're all in that bus now. And um, yeah, it's is uh, kind of kind of annoying because obviously we want to go to the mountains, but also we want to get out of this bus because it's been a long journey. Um, so yeah, we've been told that we essentially can't go. other mountains because they don't allow buses <laughs> and uh we have to like literally uh drive back down where we come from uh we stopped like halfway we got out and then we had like a sort of like a lunch picnic thing overseeing the mountains i mean it wasn't it wasn't awful um because we still got to be on the mountains but obviously we're not at the peak here we're like nowhere near the peak um so we could still get a sort of halfway view i guess And then, yeah, we all, we all just got on the bus and just went straight back to the hotel. 
tucking into our tucking into our desserts. But yeah, I mean that's one of the things though. Like to be fair, most of the tour was I would say like ninety percent of the tour was um very well planned and like organized and and done well. It was just like a few things that come up like that. Um, but yeah, apart from that, it was um it was an amazing experience. What was like the highlight of your tour then with the uh, the team? Um, the highlight would be probably say it's very hard it's all highlights but i'll probably say go to girona so girona stadium tour and um their academy was awesome because what we did was we went to their stadium tour um as, as a whole group so the players and the parents and the, and the staff all went the thing with girona because they're a smaller club they're much more inviting so if you went to a club like real madrid or barcelona or i don't know man city liverpool whatever it because they're such a big club they don't they can't really fit in huge groups like that Whereas Girona, because they're a smaller club on the rise, they're much more opening um, to players and and staff and parents and stuff like that. So they were they were like really gassed for us to like come and and have a look at their club and sort of just go in their dressing room. So essentially just a normal stadium tour. Um, and yeah, it was amazing to see the difference, like how small they are compared to like Barcelona, which is only like not too far away, like forty five minutes away. Um, so yeah, we went into their dressing room. They had the you know the press room they have as well. They have that there as well. We had like we had like a little thing where we all went to the press room and we had like the younger players go off on the mic and we had to answer questions from us. And uh, so yeah, that that was quite funny. So we did stuff like that, and then we went out onto the pitch. So they they allowed us to be obviously not on the pitch, but uh, like the the sides of it. So you could go on the grass where the dugout is. Um, and oversee like the stands and stuff so that was amazing um and obviously because Girona it's a smaller stadium so I think it only can hold maybe 15 to 20,000 or just 20,000 I think yeah um so yeah it's a very small stadium um but yeah it was amazing because they sort of gave us that full license to just check out everything that we wanted to check out and um yeah in the in the dressing room it was quite funny because like it's so small compared to the Barcelona one and um and it, it had like all the all the numbers and the players and stuff like I think when I walked in the person on the left was Daily Blind straight away so like he <laughs> not he, he was there but like yeah, that's yeah. where he was situated um but yeah it was a, it was amazing and then obviously um and then after that we went to the academy so the academy is probably about twenty minutes drive from there so the the academy setup is obviously nowhere like near as big as like a La, La Masia or like a Real Madrid uh, academy but what they do have really well is um everything sort of like on top of each other so like you can see like the under 10s uh train like against the under 15s you can see the under 21s it's all in one center mm. which is like um perfect for the young players because they want to aspire to be in the first team you know like imagine being like a young player and noticing like you know to see daily blends just like uh, the pitch across you you know, they're training against Barcelona first team, you know, that's that's pretty exceptional for them to see that. Um, so, yeah, that was awesome to actually go there. Um, and the Girona Academy coaches, they put on a session for our players. So they did like an hour and a half session. Um, and just, just to sit back and see what they did in their session and to see how they would like sort of communicate with the players. Because obviously, you know, our players, we all speak English. None of us speak Spanish at all, the players. So um their their english and how they communicate to the players is pretty pretty uh impressive considering they don't really speak you know english much 
Oh, mate, that's awesome, mate. You can't beat it. Sun and sea, mate, sun and amazing. Can't beat it. Amazing, mate. Amazing. It was, it was a <laughs> wicked experience. <laughs> right. So the kids buggered off back to New Zealand, Australia. You stayed yeah, in yeah. Uh, Spain for a bit longer. What did you yeah, get mate. up to? Yeah, mate. So, yeah. So basically, I had an option like, do I go back to New Zealand? Or do I just stay and go visit England? So I no, I had to I had to go visit, mate. I had to go visit England. I haven't been back since 2012. That's England. So it's been a huge time for me. Like I, the last time I was back, I was yeah, like below the age of like 15. So had to go back and visit. Um so yeah, I stayed in Spain for a bit. Uh went to Madrid because I wanted to to visit the city of Madrid. Um, but Barcelona is much better than Madrid, in my opinion. It's just, um, there's, it's more of a, um, because obviously Madrid is in the center. So you don't have, you don't have beaches and you don't have the coastal stuff. Um, but yeah, Barcelona, you have a bit of everything. You still have the city, but you also have the, the mountains, the beaches, and it's more of a chill vibe. It's not as, uh, hustle and bustle as, uh, Madrid. So yeah, I did that and then went to Lisbon in Portugal. So flew to, to Lisbon, um, so this one I I met up with my girlfriend as well. So it was quite handy because I I met her there and we sort of did our travels together. So yeah, went to to Lisbon and um <laughs> the funny thing about Lisbon, right? When you go down the street to Lisbon, every second shop is a CR7 shop. All you see is those shops that they really really milk the CR7 brand <laughs> like hundred percent. They they just get all of these tourists in anything CR7. Like I'm talking like anything like pencils, pens uh aftershave anything right so just all cr7 and then uh well i'm walking down i just couldn't believe how many there were obviously they have sport and lisbon shops as well right yeah. but they're mainly the, the cr7 shops um that's surprising so yeah that... played for them well over like 22 years exactly well yeah but he's <laughs> he, i know he hasn't played them in ages but like they, they still cling on they still cling on but um i mean I, like what, one of the greatest players ever you have to like claim him as one of your own um so yeah, the Lisbon Lisbon was amazing. Um, did um, about four nights there. So I, I quite enjoyed Lisbon. The only thing with Lisbon again, it has loads of inclines. So like <laughs> when you're when you're walking everywhere, it feels like you need hiking boots. It's just incline after incline. You get knackered. Um, it's all right as a night out though. If you have a night out in Lisbon and you're drinking, you're fine, mate. <laughs> to go through those inclines. Yeah, going downhill, <laughs> mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see you go down there, mate. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> hey, um, I think you skipped over a game or two in Spain. Did you go to a game? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Um, so I saw the first game I saw was Barcelona, I think, against RCD Espanol. Um oh, and it hell. Was you when... watched Barcelona play? Yeah, yeah, I watched Barcelona play. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so wow. we that was included in the tour. So in the in the football tour, it was included that the players, parents, and staff watch a Barca game. It doesn't it didn't matter like what game, just any game. Um, so as I said before, how the Camp Nou is under construction, um, we had to go watch it at the National Stadium. So all their fixtures for the La Liga season um, right now are the Stadium Olympica, I think it's called. It's like the, um, the National Stadium for Spain. So anyway, we go there. The, by the way, the Barca fans, they hate the stadium. They hate it because they have to travel like an hour, an hour and a half and normally away from Camp Nou. So for them, it's essentially like an away day. Um, but anyway, we turn up. Um, and yeah, it was amazing to watch because um, I think Barcelona at the time, they're actually losing 1-0. Um, and then they, the full-time result, I think, was 3-1. And Lewandowski scored two goals that night. And 
the thing I took away from that was how clinical Lewandowski is. He literally had three touches on the ball, scores two goals. Um, one of them was a lovely little chipped goal. But yeah, it was a uh, it was amazing to see just the Barcelona play in that sort of um, that sort of spacious stadium as well because you can see a lot more. Um, but to be fair, the Espanol away fans very very loud, very for, um, how can I say very entertaining as well with all their flares and stuff. So yeah, that was um wicked. And then the second game I watched was Real Madrid versus Girona. So that was probably in terms of like position was the best because it was Girona was first and Real Madrid was second. Um, obviously Jude Bellingham's on fire at the time. Um, he still is now. Um, and yeah, so watched that at Girona Stadium. So I did the stadium tour about three days before that game. So <clears throat> the Girona versus Real Madrid game wasn't in the football tour. But it's something optional you could pay for. So um, we probably had about maybe 20% of us from the football tour to go watch it. So we all went over to watch it. And um, yeah, we watched Girona uh, versus Real Madrid. And Girona uh, done well the first half. It was nil-nil. But Real Madrid's quality just sort of see them through. And Bellingham obviously scored and did the, the belly goal celebration in the corner. <laughs> um, but I, I what I took away from that game was, um, obviously Bellingham's amazing that game, but I had the man in the match as uh, Camavinga. Okay. Like Cam- Camavinga did a bit of everything. He's so versatile. The amount of times he won the ball back for his team was crazy. And he's playing. He's been playing quite a bit of fullback as well, actually, for Real Madrid. So he's yeah. He's, he can play centre mid, fullback, a bit of everything. Okay, but um, yeah, that that was amazing to see them two games. Honestly, so he went from watching Barcelona, Real Madrid. All the way to Fratton Park. <laughs> <laughs> what were Fratton you doing Park. there, mate? <laughs> the the Frat. Oh, I'll tell you what, mate. Fratton Park. What a place to be. What a place. <laughs> League League One football over Real Madrid football anytime. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's an interesting story. So, um, so obviously I did uh, Lisbon and stuff like I said before. Then I went to uh, Lisbon to England, right? So. Went to London, so I, I stayed in. Well, where I'm from is called, called Guildford, so I stayed in Guildford for about three, four weeks in total. Um, but I stayed in a few different places while I was there. Um, anyway, um, uh, one of my family members he supports Bournemouth, uh, not Bournemouth, Portsmouth. So he is a season ticket holder at Portsmouth. He's been like there for years now, like I don't know, over like 20, 30 years. Um, so he's seen like he's seen the Benjani times and he's seen and he's seen like the times they are in now. Um, so he's seen everything. Um, but he basically reached out to me, he's like, Oh, you should come watch uh, a Portsmouth game while you're here. I said, Oh, yeah, that, that sounds wicked. So, um, met up with him and um, yeah, we watched, um, I think it was Carlisle, I can't remember who it was actually. Um, yeah, so we watched the Portsmouth game at home at Fratton Park. Um, I tell you what, though, the 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 atmosphere is pretty good. Like before a game, it's pretty good. Um, and then obviously once once the the kickoff is is on, then uh, yeah, you, you, the noise is uh pretty good. From where I was sat as well, like I was right with the sort of like the season ticket fans and like the um essentially like all the the noisy like fans are and everything like that. So. To be in and around that area was amazing. And um, it was a classic league, League One football, though. Like, long, direct, um, hardly any any football touches on the ground, um, hardly any shots. And it was one of those games as well. It was nil-nil the whole game. And then 
Bournemouth um, had, I think it was the 91st minute, they had a cross whipped in from a corner and, uh, and it was a headed goal in. And uh, yeah, it was uh, on our side as well. So we were right behind the goal when it happened. So yeah, we went crazy um, for it. And uh, yeah, the, it was awesome to see the Pompey fans go nuts because um, they haven't had the, the best football in recent years. So for them to be, um, at the time, they were top of the league. So yeah, they were they were loving it. You talk about Pompey fans and you actually met the John Portsmouth Football Club Westwood. Is that it? The guy? Yeah, that's his name. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know his real name like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so so I met him and so basically how that worked was we we were sat about maybe 10 or 15 rows in front of them. So we could hear him the whole time behind us. Um, and yeah, the most crazy guy, the most crazy guy. And he's just got his got his bell, he's he's just shouting nonsense. Um, just creating so much noise that he can. Um, and then um, my um, cousin, David, he's like, oh, I should go get a, uh, a photo with him. And I said, oh, yeah, sounds good. So the game ended. And then we walked over to him. And all you can see, like, people don't really care about the players. They're focusing on this guy. Like, everyone's just going towards him, asking for photos, um, getting to know him. Um, he's literally got a queue of people just like getting a photo of him, you know, like that's how, that's how big he is, uh, Pompey. So we go over to him and we sort of just wait for a bit. And then, um, yeah, I, I managed to sort of like get a photo of him. And I, I said like, oh, I'm all the way from New Zealand. And he's like, he's just shouting at me. Like, I don't know what he's saying, mate. He's just, <laughs> he's just nuts as bloke. Like, he's honestly just shouting the whole time. I don't think he, I don't think he actually got any words out. But um, yeah, so I had a photo of him, um, which was pretty funny because like um to travel all the way from new zealand to to have a photo with, with, with him was uh unbelievable actually all we have to do is type in portsmouth <laughs> football he's the first one that comes up he's got his own wikipedia page as well <laughs> really <laughs> and uh yeah you'll see the photos of him he's uh, got long blue dreadlocks tats yeah. everywhere Where's you can't miss going? him you can't miss him <laughs> he's and, he's and he's and he's like he's not big but he's like tall as well so like yeah, you, you cannot miss him. He's just the life of the party. Um, but yeah, he's um, yeah, his, his support to the club's unbelievable. To be fair, oh mate, I, I love the Swans, but I'll never call myself Swan City. <laughs> mate, that's your next kid, isn't it? Oh, that's awesome, mate. So after that, you um, you went up north. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I went back to Guildford for a bit, uh, see family and stuff. I haven't seen them in ages. And then, um, obviously, I had to go and watch the football game. So, as soon as I booked my uh, flights and I knew everything was confirmed back in April last year, I was on the hunt, mate. I was on the hunt to get these tickets. So, as you know, like, gun football games, it's so hard to get Premier League tickets these days. It's so, so hard. So, um, essentially, I've got a few options. One of the options is to go into a ballot, um, essentially like a, a lottery system to get a ticket. And if you enter by yourself, you've honestly got like a 2% chance of winning the ticket. So the best way to do it is enter as a group. So more of you in the group, more chance you have. Um, so that's what I did. And then it come back saying unsuccessful. <laughs> so that's what I was thinking, oh, what do I do now? So I got in touch with um, a New Zealand uh, Liverpool supporters group they have here. And they do it for all different clubs, the different groups. But anyway, I got in touch with one of the admins and... He's actually a Kiwi and he lives in Liverpool and um, he has some good connections. So I, he was able to get sort of a ticket for me, which was unbelievable. And I didn't I didn't really mind at all where it was seated, but it was the Anfield Road end as well, which is like even better. 
um, right next to the away fans. Um, so yeah, we he gets that ticket, and then yeah, as soon as I obviously fly over, I meet up with him, and then I did the stadium tour of Anfield before I I actually went to went to watch the game, and that was you know lifelong yeah. Liverpool fan to do to do stadium tour that unbelievable to see all the trophies to see all the memorabilia to see um, going down the tunnel touching the this is Anfield sign that's amazing as well. Um, <laughs> I was actually very surprised I let you do that. I didn't know. Yeah. That, um, would let you do that because quite you know how iconic it is um but luckily you're tall only... enough to reach it mate because yeah you know Craig <laughs> can, can step ladder to reach the, the sign <laughs> and sammy lee <laughs> sammy lee oh mate sammy lee there's no chance he's touching that he needs a trampoline um so how, how would you compare the liverpool stadium talk to the other ones you didn't stay? oh yeah good questions so i would probably so i did three stadium tours i did actually i did four the Girona. Barcelona, Real Madrid, and Liverpool. So um, the the Liverpool one, I obviously I'm going to say Liverpool is the best because I got emotional connection to it. So I'm always going to say that's the best. Um, the the Barcelona one was amazing because obviously Messi and it has all of his shirts and how iconic they've been in the past. What more recent times, like from 2008 to 2015. So they've got some brilliant pieces. Um, the Real Madrid one was a little bit disappointing just because um, that's another stadium actually under construction, isn't it? Because they're they're yeah. changing the the design of that. So when I went there, it was a little bit sort of messy in terms of how they had the trophy set up, but it was still amazing to see all the Champions League save one. Um, they obviously had that um, one um, infuriated about in 2017, the Bale uh, bicycle <laughs> kick. They had that video. As soon as I walked in, they had that video on. I thought it was a wind-up. <laughs> um but yeah so that was all right in there and then the Girona one um Girona one was was obviously they haven't won too much of these so for them it was more about um inside their dressing room and and seeing how they actually um compete against the bigger clubs but yeah I'd probably say Liverpool's the best but when I went to Liverpool uh before I went to the stadium tour sorry I did like a, a city tour of Liverpool so I've never been to the city of Liverpool myself so Obviously, saw the Beatles st- uh, statue, which was wicked. Um, saw the uh, Life of Bird as well. Um, and then obviously went to the Cavern Club. Oh, the iconic cool. Cavern Club. Yeah, yeah. So people don't know, like, Cavern Club, like, back in the 50s and 60s and um, even some of the 70s, like, all the most iconic bands and singers went there. You got, like, Elvis Presley. You got, like, the Beatles. Um, Silla Black. The Who. <laughs> 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 he got all he got all of the uh all the iconic people really so that was wicked to see um yeah. and what i like about it as well um because it's the first time going there they they have um everything all in one so they're like um nightlife scene and their their pub scene is all really like uh together you don't have to go too far away so that was wicked but anyway going back to the the same tour um it was amazing to do that because you could just do pretty much everything. The only thing we couldn't do that day, which is a shame, was go in the dressing room because the only reason I couldn't do it was because I booked it on a match day. So if you book the stadium tour on a match day, they don't let you in the, in the dressing room. If you book it not on a match day, then they do. Um, so, yeah, that was a bit of a shame, but it is what it is. I mean, the main thing is the tunnel, going onto the pitch, um, seeing how how like much of a carpet it is. Like, the grass is unbelievable, eh? Like when you actually go there and you see how level it is, see how how short that grass is, 
the actual turf it's amazing um and then yeah you step out from the tunnel and you're, and you're sort of looking around and you see all the all the stands obviously the famous cop end anfield road end um and the main and the main stand as well so you know how the anfield road end uh adding more tiers above it so i haven't uh, they haven't even completed that yet so when i went there they were still obviously fixing that up um but yeah that's going to be amazing when they add an extra i think it's five to ten thousand seats there so yeah anfield on like what sixty five thousand capacity is going to be amazing um it already is amazing So yeah, as I said before, got in touch with him way back in April and he said meet up um, in the city of Liverpool. So before I actually went to the match, he's a, he's a guy called Nick. So shout out Nick because this guy, man, he, he's a legend because he helped so many Kiwis come over to uh, Liverpool and just like helps them get a ticket essentially and shows them around like um, the, the nicest person you ever met. Um, so Nick, he used to live in Auckland um, some years ago, but now he lives in uh, Liverpool. So he... Um, I went there, met up with like a pint for him, uh, with him, and then uh, we just did the city tour of Liverpool. So he essentially just gave me like a free tour. Wow. Um, we walked around and showed me and stuff. Yeah, he's really, really top guy. Um, so we done that, and then yeah, we went. Obviously, did, I did the stadium tour, and I met up with him later. And then before we did, uh, we had to go to Taggy's Bar. So Taggy's Bar is if you ever go, if if someone's listening, they ever go to Liverpool, always go to Taggy's Bar because it's like the the best pre-match atmosphere you can have um so obviously people like you know like jamie webster so they have another one he's called andy i'm not quite sure what his last name is but andy on the guitar um he's essentially like sort of like the next jamie webster or like around about that and yeah he was amazing like he you'd go there he's on top of like so you got all these scousers all these liverpool fans in one area and you've got him essentially standing on like the roof of one of the one of the bar uh, entrances, and he's just playing his guitar, playing all the new songs, all the player chants, uh, all the little anthems, getting everyone ready for the match. Um, so that was amazing to go there. I'm really glad I went there um, and to sort of like mix and talk around with the different scouts and, and the Liverpool fans. And then, um, yeah, I met up with Nick again. Uh, he scanned me in with his ticket, um, and then yeah, I just let into the the Anfield Road end. So that was. That was amazing just to actually go through those gates and then find my seat. As soon as you find your seat and you look, and you look out, you think, oh, this is amazing. Um, and the day I went on as well was perfect where there was the sun was shining right into the Anfield Road end. So the first maybe like 20 minutes, just right in your eyes. And then after it, the sort of um, the sun went underneath the stadium. So then you have all shade. Um, but yeah, amazing to, to hear you'll never walk alone for the first time. Mm. It's like goosebumps moment because um, you see it on TV, but you never, you know, you, you can't actually emulate it without being there. You have yeah. to just be there and just see it with you know, your own eyes and see everyone's reaction. Because um, you you know as well with Liverpool, like these days, most people who go there, uh, who get new tickets, they're obviously new to the club. Like they haven't been there before. So it feels like a lot of it is everyone's in the same boat, like their first time sort of being there. Um, obviously you have like what 70% 80% still season ticket holders and then the rest of it are sort of like newer fans um, but yeah um, unbelievable experience it was amazing who did you say was it Forrest yeah Forrest Christopher didn't play 
Yeah, Chris would didn't play, unfortunately. I was going to try uh find Chris Wood and get him to sign a trials contract, eh? <laughs> get him back over. But um, yeah, no Chris Wood. But anyway, uh, yeah, the game kicked off. Um, uh, I think first half we went one nil up, and then end of the game winning three nil. So yeah, three nil, perfect scoreline. That's what you want to see. Goals. Um, I think the best goal of that game I remember was Salah chipping the goalkeeper. Yeah. So um, is it is it Turner in goal? I can't remember Turner, who the goalkeeper yeah, is. Whether he was goalkeeper on that day, but yeah, Turner's yeah, a goalkeeper yeah. for us. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. So the keeper come out and um, <laughs> he went to meet like a 50-50 ball, and Salah got there first and just little little dink over the top of him, and to see all the, uh, the fans go nuts was crazy. Um, so yeah, it was amazing to see actually Liverpool score and then obviously win the match, and everyone's buzzing then, you know, because it, it kind of ruins it if you if you draw the game or or if you lose, it takes a little bit from the atmosphere, but to win three 0 is, is perfect. Oh, mate, I'm so glad that you're able to to make the pilgrimage to, to Anfield at last and see the win. 100%. Unbelievable experience. But I think that leads us to the perfect segue to what's happened in the last week. Oh, yeah. Mate, where were you, mate? Dad. Where were you? It was in New Zealand time. It was, I think, about 11pm at night or 11.30pm. And I was in bed. So I was literally about to turn off my phone and go to sleep, right? So I'm on my phone. I've done my last I don't know, few messages, whatever. I'm about to turn off my phone. And I'm like, hey, I just saw this notification come up on Facebook. I was like, oh, I'll have a look at it. Let's just have a look at it. Click it. And, and I see Klopp is going to leave Liverpool end of the season. Sky Sports. I cannot believe it. I honestly thought it was fake news. I had to double check other websites just to see if it was actually genuine. And as soon as I saw it, it was like obviously Sky Sports, BBC Sport, you know, then it's it's hundred percent real. And mate, I just I, I can't believe it because in my like well recent memory, obviously I'm not old enough to see Shankly Paisley Dalglish manage. So for us sort of modern day Liverpool fans, Klopp to us is like Paisley and Shankly to the older generation. So he's built this club what nine years now. Um, taking us from our first ever 2015 game against Spurs, which were like horrendous. Like, if you compare the two lineups, it's night and day. Um, the lineups are honestly going from like a an an 18th place Premier League team to a, a first place. You know, like if you see the the lineup that day is horrendous. But um, to see what he's done in the nine years is unbelievable compared to what Man City have had to spend. You know, like. Obviously, Liverpool have still spent, but there's no way they've, they've spent close to what City have spent. And to do it as well with um, the less squad depth is amazing, you know? Like, we, he's won every single trophy there is. Um, and, yeah, to end, the main one, though, is obviously ending that Premier League drought. 30 years for waiting for that. I mean, that is some doing as a manager to come in and do that because... As you know, Man City are just unbelievable. Probably one of the greatest football teams ever, you know, because they've obviously just won the treble um, last season. So to actually beat them to a Premier League is a, an achievement in itself because if you look at the other Premier League since, I think, 2015 or 2016, obviously you've had uh, only Man City and Liverpool. That's, that's all you've had, you know. Like, obviously before that was just before Leicester, I think Chelsea as well, but 
after that, the past, what, eight years has just been Man City Liverpool. So um, for no other club really to challenge them is, is pretty amazing from Klopp to, you know, keep stepping on the gas and keep going. And, mate, I'm just, yeah, I couldn't believe the news. I just, it's unbelievable, man. I didn't see it coming. Did you, what, what's your thoughts on it? Did you see it coming at all? I thought it was going to happen last year. Yeah. Because he had a poor season last year, right? Yeah, we did have poor season. He yeah. looked very tired, I think, end of last season. I thought maybe he'd, he'd walk at end of last season. Yeah. I think a lot of Liverpool fans felt more sad about this than the Queen dying. <laughs> oh, 100%, mate. 100%. <laughs> Rest in peace, Lizzie, but 100%. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate, like, it is actually... Like I've seen loads of like podcasts and like interviews about it, and it is like a city in a city in mourning, really. Like obviously he's leading the club, isn't like dying or nothing, but he's it to, for him to leave is like a huge part of Liverpool because not only has he galvanised like the players, he's done the whole city, the whole fans coming together. Um, and the, I think the main thing, um, I think what Jamie Carragher said the other day, which sort of stuck with me, was he's actually built the identity. Like, when you think of Liverpool, you know exactly how Liverpool play. And I think that's credit to him because he had to build that identity from scratch. Mm -hmm. Like, if you look at Liverpool, I'd say all the way back to, like, Benitez, we had no identity. Like, under Brendan Rodgers, we'd play, like, fast attacking football, but it wasn't like, oh, I can describe a Brendan Rodgers team, you know, or the or Ken Dalglish or Roy Hodgson. So for him to come in and, and build an identity and stick with it, was the main thing, you know? So I think that's the biggest takeaway. If, if someone says, oh, um, how do Liverpool play? I feel like 99% of people can explain exactly how they play, you know? Mm. Um, but going forward, it's going to be very interesting because <laughs> I have no, like the, the way I think about it is there's no upgrade on Klopp. So whoever we get is going to be a downgrade anyway, and it's going to be a fresh start. So I believe it's one of those transition ones where um, it's essentially going from Shankly to Paisley now. So you, obviously Shankly, people don't know, he's like very much like Klopp. He's like outspoken, big speeches, um, really um, helping out the community in the city of Liverpool. Whereas Paisley was the opposite. Like he would never speak. Um, he'd keep himself to himself, very closed off person, very private. So I feel like it's going to be that transition now. Um, mm. If we can find a manager to uh, continue the success of Klopp, so um, you don't have to change the style per se, but try and continue what we've got now, but we want a different personality. So maybe go, okay, this is like leading me on to Alonso now. So what I was trying to say is Alonso, if he comes in, he's a different personality to Klopp. He's, he's much more private. He's much more quiet, calm-headed. Um yeah, I, I think I think Alonso for me is the, is the pick. Do you pick him based on because he's a Liverpool player, or like, or is it because he's actually doing well in the Bundesliga? Yeah, I mean, the ba like Bayer Leverkusen as him as the manager right now, they haven't lost a game in any competitions. They have not lost a game this season. So unbelievable job what he's done there. And obviously, I think um, when he took over Bayer Leverkusen, I think they were in the relegation zone. So you know, he's turned the club around in eighteen months or whatever, brilliantly. Um, obviously, I think the main thing I would say as a Liverpool fan is what I'd like to see is a connection to Liverpool. So, for example, we could get somebody like Stephen uh, Gerrard. Yeah, <laughs> nah, I don't want Stephen Gerrard nowhere near the club right now. Wayne Rooney. Um, <laughs> Wayne Rooney. 
<laughs> oh, oh, imagine the scene, Wayne Rooney. <laughs> imagine that announce for Wayne Rooney. Oh, it would get lynched the first day. Like, is there's no way he's buying a house near enough to the ball. Like, <laughs> but um, I was going to say, yeah, so uh, basically what I want to see is just a connection to Liverpool, right? So we could get someone like Ancelotti, who could be amazing manager. He's won everything, okay? Ancelotti, one of the greatest managers. The thing is, though, if it doesn't go well for the first few games, the fans will get on his back. Whereas Alonso, if he came in and it wasn't going so well the first five, six games, the, mm. the fans will be with him because he's an ex-player. He knows he knows the club inside out and they're really sort of um, support him. Um, so I think it's really crucial where they get somebody who is so close to Liverpool and not just the short-term option. I don't think we can do like a Mourinho or Angelotti. I don't think it suits Liverpool. You've got to get someone who's longer term, like Arsenal of Arteta, right? So you've got to get mm. someone who's is a long-term vision because we don't want to keep chopping and changing managers. I don't think it, I don't think it helps any club to be honest. Like if you look at the best clubs in the world, the most successful ones, uh, recent times, it's always been with long-term managers. So like you look at Pep, for example, um, Angelotti has been a few years, obviously Zidane as well when he won three champions leagues. So I think if you stick with that manager, um, for some years, I think it's probably the best way to do it. Um, I mean, as I said before, he's won every trophy, right? There's not much left to do, to be honest. He's he's already done the best job I've ever seen as a manager could do to Liverpool. So he he hasn't really got any more ceiling to hit. You know, his ceilings he's reached it. So it's, it feels a good time for him to progress. As as much as the sad news it is, like it is the time for him to go. I I'd probably agree with that. Um, obviously, like if we could squeeze an extra season, or whatever, that'd be great. But again, you don't want to leave on a season when you're like, you know, finishing eighth or seventh. It just leaves a sour note, doesn't it? Yeah. So I, it's and another thing as well I thought about the other day is when he leaves and because he's announced it like now, obviously halfway through the season, it's really gonna make that atmosphere at Anfield a fortress now. Um, I think it's gonna have a really good positive spin on it mm. because if he come out, um, let's just say I don't know at the end of the season. And he's won everything. It'll be a little bit more sad and sour, and people will get on his back a bit more because, like, it's it'll be like saying, "Oh, you've won all these trophies. Like, why would you leave now?" You know. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to have a good positive spin on it. Um, I think the player's going to be so up for it. I think Anfield's going to be amazing. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, it is the right time for Klopp to to move on. To be honest, people say it could go two ways. I could only see it going one way. Like Liverpool players will just go all out for him now. You know, they're in four competitions, right? Yeah. So. Which yeah. they could well win all four. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's a good time, and it also gives the club time to to look for the successor, right? So. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I I hundred percent agree with you. Like, people people will say like, oh, it could have like a neg- negative spin no. on it, but I just cannot see that happen at all. It's only gonna make the it's only gonna make the fans and the and the team cherish Klopp even more, and the time that you have with him, and the even like Kanate has come out and like said like you know he, he's willing to put in like. 110% for Klopp now, you know, willing to really like push it for him. So yeah, I think it's going to have a positive spin and um, yeah, it's going to be so interesting to see where Liverpool transition because not only Klopp leaving, it's also uh, the backroom staff as well. So it's essentially a whole clear out. So we have to get a new, uh, I think, director of sport. We have to get new assistant coaches and obviously a new head coach. So yeah, uh, should be should be interesting. So right now you're, what, five points at the top? Yeah, yeah, because Man City have a game in hand. Where do you see Liverpool finishing then this season? 
Well, I have to be biased and say top. I mean, they have to win it, I think. I mean, obviously, the only thing is that just gives me anxiety is this Man City team because they just, every time I say it, every year from what, 2000 and I'll say 2017 to 2024, they're just, every year they're there. Like, they're always there and they're about, you know. You can never let, you can, as soon as you see, like, especially De Bruyne come back, and you think, oh, here we go again. We've got another fight. Um, and, yeah, I think it's going to be a really tight one this season. Um, if you actually look at the points as well, like from, I think it's from second to like fifth, it's really tight in there. So um, it's going to be a real battle this season. Um, and one more thing as well I want to say is I don't know how Liverpool won one loss this season because that Avada debacle was ridiculous. <laughs> so essentially, people don't know, um Liverpool versus Spurs. Um Luis Diaz obviously ruled off for offside when it was completely onside. And uh yeah, the the referees come out and said, uh yeah, we apologize. Um it was a VAR mistake. Um but guess what? Liverpool don't get any points or a rematch or nothing, which is ridiculous because that's been our only loss the whole season. So Essentially, we should be undefeated so far. I mean, we could be going for we could be going for Arsenal's invincibles right now. It wasn't for that VAR game, which is crazy, you know. I can't believe it. I, I this, it is sad though. Like the one game that we lose is the VAR one. Like, but um, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. You seem a lot happier than I thought you would be regarding Klopp. <laughs> it took a few days though, to be fair. Like. It's just um, I had to consume a lot of podcasts to make me feel happier. I had to consume <laughs> a lot of YouTube clips. Um, but I think what made me more um, wasn't as depressed as because well, how good we are right now. Obviously, top of the league we're yeah. in all four competitions. So if if we were like struggling, we're eighth in the league, and then he's leaving, then I'll be you know a bit more um, concerned. But I know Liverpool's in a great place now. We've got fantastic young players. Um, the other day, Connor Bradley, Northern Ireland. Unbelievable right back. He had a great performance yesterday. Um, so, yeah, he he's a star player. And then, obviously, you've got Elliot. You've got Curtis Jones, Jarrell Kwanzaa. Um, and then you've still got the the star signings like Salah, Van Dijk, Allison. Um, yeah, I think Liverpool's in a great place, to be honest. Yeah, I think he's left it in a better hands than what he found it, right? So yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Manager coming, any manager, you know, it's gonna be a tough to try and emulate him. But yeah, at least yeah. he's inheriting whoever it is inheriting a good squad, right? So yeah, yeah. They're not inheriting Joe Allen. <laughs> <laughs> he scored the other day. He still he? got it, mate. Still got it. Uh, bring him back, eh? Chavi Alonso, Joe Allen, bring him back. <laughs> right. Let's talk about what happened last week in New Zealand. Still Liverpool related, but last Tuesday we met the one, the only, Mr. John Barnes. Oh, mate. How good was that? Like, so we obviously got the, the tickets earlier and um, yeah, it was pretty amazing to actually see a Liverpool legend speak on stage. And I think you and I were pretty amazed with how good he is on the mic. Like, he's actually really good on the mic. Um He's a bit of a, a bit of like a stand-up comedian, eh? Like the way he sort of has his responses, and he really can he controls the room well, eh? He controls yeah. the room with how he answers his questions, and um, he's a really good Q and A person to have on stage. 
so that was amazing and then obviously you can do the we did the the sign in we as well so we, we actually met john barnes and he did the signature on the shirt um so yeah he, he yeah he was amazing like it was well worth going to that um what were your thoughts on it it was very pricey <laughs> for someone that doesn't even support liverpool very pricey. yeah yeah the organization i have to say though <laughs> the guys running the show bunch of clowns i thought in my opinion yeah but, yeah you know what i mean how it was yeah, they... it's like like you rock up at what 6 30 the doors are meant to open at 6 30 they won't open at 6 30 and then they give you these wristbands right and then then they say oh yeah the meeting greets before the q a which i've never heard of that before yeah so we're all queuing That's for what, strange. 45 minutes just to see john yeah so to give people some context with our ticket you get a photo of john but also he can sign one piece of item right only one and you get some clowns <laughs> try to sneak two or three, you know, tends to sign. One guy wore a home and away strip, right? Got the home kit signed, then lifted the away strip to get signed. <laughs> Bunch of chances, but what can you expect, mate? It's Liverpool FC. <laughs> mate, it's ridiculous. Some people were, were taking the piss of it, to be honest. Um, yeah. But, yeah, we, we, I mean, the organisation could have been better. I 100% agree with you. Like, when we got there... Um, there wasn't like no one was quite sure eh, of like how yeah. would like be seated, like how we'd like actually enter with our wristbands. But once we got in, obviously we had to do the lineup. So you, you queue up for your shirt, and yeah, as you say, some people take the piss because they spend too much time with John. So like, there's people with John Barnes, right? Obviously, he's a legendary player and older, like older generation. They've watched him like most of their life, right? So I can understand them being excited, but some people wanted to get like multiple photos, multiple shirt signs. They wanted to sort of chat with them for like five minutes, but they, they've got to remember there's other people like there. There's like hundreds of other people waiting. So yeah, it was um, a little bit annoying how they didn't have like, probably could add better security, I'd say. Eh? Would you say that? They didn't even have security, mate. I think the people <laughs> there was just the guys organizing mate, you the show. Security. The, the guy that was doing the... The Q and A on the mic. He was the guy greeting people in, putting wristbands on. Yeah, I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I found that bizarre. I, I have to say though, it was nice seeing like 50, 60 year old men just like fangirling over John. Yeah, and like, the Q getting excited. Even though I got excited when I was like two away from him, I was like, oh, I'm gonna meet John Barnes. Like, what a legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I uh, mean, and yeah. as well, for like what what I would say as well, like fair play to him coming to New Zealand because as we know, no one ever comes here. Like. He is probably, I can't think of anyone else like bigger than who's done um, a QA like that. So that just shows how little uh, connection we have to pref uh, professional football or Premier League football. You know, we just don't have that connection in New Zealand, unfortunately. So mm. for him to come over um, and do that, because he didn't have to, he could have just no. done the Australian one. So for him to come to Auckland was actually like really nice of him to do that. And yeah. again, like he's a really nice, nice man. Like he's just, really genuine genuine like he's funny um and yeah he's he's really helpful as well actually when the tickets were announced i thought i have to go to it yeah the, the only reason i went was just to show off the meme really so yeah, if anyone yeah, knows yeah. the meme type it in on youtube john barnes racist john barnes isn't the racist by the way but type that in <laughs> just clarify a, that there's <laughs> a famous meme of a, of a man on a bus in liverpool trying to defend that he's not a racist by saying, I'm not racist. I love John Barnes. 
<laughs> Such a good move. I can't believe you got the shirt as well. I know, right? So I got the shirt off Redbubble straight away. I actually bought the shirt before I got the tickets, mate. That's how confident I was going. Like, to, oh, That's how confident I was I was going to... to and, he, and he loved the shirt as well. Like, you know, obviously, John that. Barnes doesn't know the meme, no. I'm, I'm assuming. So he saw the shirt and he honestly just thought it was just genuine. Like, I love John Barnes. <laughs> <laughs> he thought, ah, oh, who's this? Make, what did he actually shirt? say? Um, he's, he just read it out. I was like, I love John Barnes. He just cracked up laughing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I was like, Brilliant. I was hoping he didn't know the meme. Because you yeah, might yeah, have yeah. known it and they thought, oh, it's a negative. I'm like taking the picture. Yeah, like, I'm not. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it's um, just like, yeah, it's just having some fun with it. I'll tell you now, mate. I bought the shirt back in October, yeah? I hadn't yeah. opened it until the day of the Q&A. So I didn't know what was yeah. actually on the shirt. You know, I, even though you buy stuff online. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. Anyway, <clears> I was rushing home to get home from work and stuff. And I was running out of time. I thought, shit, I've got the time to really check the shirt out. So I just checked it on. Had a shower, checked it on. I looked up behind the mirror. I thought, oh, God, I hope there's nothing on the back saying, like, I'm not racist. And then the other part yeah. says, I love John Barnes. But anyway, <laughs> it was fine. But anyway, walking up from Ponsonby to the Crown Plaza, I was getting looks, right? Because obviously yeah. no one knows who John Barnes is. Yeah, but yeah. they look at my shirt and go, I love John Barnes. Like, who, what's this guy doing? Like, I'm carrying my, my countdown bag with me <laughs> up Albert Street. Because I bought Brilliant. not only the John Barnes shirt, I bought uh, the Liverpool candy shirt. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which has yeah. got Adidas on there, perfect because you know obviously I want to get that signed. I'm gonna flog <laughs> it off one day. But yeah, it was funny. Um, Tom was like, "Oh, do, do, do you want my name? What, what what do you want on it?" And I was like, "Oh no, just your name, just your name." Yeah, yeah just your name, just it. Yeah. But um, yeah, he he, it was well worth doing. Like, if anyone, <clears throat> I don't know, if any of the listeners like want to go uh one to one of his Q and A's, I know he does loads in England. Um, but yeah, it's well worth doing because. He does give you some insights and some funny stories oh, as well. Yeah. I'll just share one of the funny stories, why I thought which was like kind of funny. Was uh, so he's talking about when uh, he playing for England, so like Bobby Robson, obviously the manager in the, in the 80s, and like he's talking about um, one of the, the pre match talks. And um, so Bobby Robson has got this big whiteboard or chalkboard, wherever it was. So he had all the little magnets. Um, so he has like, you know, the team formation on there, right? Today, lads, we're going to play 4 4 2. So he's talking about the fullback and uh, how like the fullback construction is going to obviously uh, overlap or, or get forward. So he's talking about this fullback and he's saying, look, here we've got space, loads of space in this fullback area. So one of the <laughs> uh, John Barnes, here's like a few like uh, sort of like weird looks at the and He's thinking so the player next to him, I can't remember what player says it, but he says to John Barnes, he says, why is there so much space here? He's like, I don't know. So he has a look at the whiteboard again. Uh, just have a look at that that whiteboard, uh, Bobby. So he has a look. And he goes, yeah, yeah, so there's loads of space here. Look, look, lads, loads of space. <laughs> and then one of the players says, yeah, gappers, because there's one fullback missing. <laughs> <laughs> there's only 10 players on the board, lads. Because the magnet's on the floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the magnet drops off. He says there's loads of space to attack. And this is an England manager. Yeah. An England manager saying this. Oh, I can't believe it. It's hilarious. <laughs> but it's oh that cracked me out that one. It, that's the thing though, like um what football fans want to see. So like if I go to like I know iconic players, QA or whatever, you want to see those funny stories and you want to see those behind the scenes like chat, don't you, as football fans? Because we we've seen everything else on the pitch. Um, but we wanna we wanna hear those like dressing room stories and like with the backroom staff and I think that's why people love podcasts, eh? Like you know that the the Sky Sports like the overlap podcasts 
and like um, play interviews where they go behind the scenes because they want to see that. They want to see what they're like off the pitch, you know? Yeah. And also, like with John, he's a very, very intelligent man, like really intelligent. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, he switched on. He'd call out anyone. I was sort of scared because I was like in his eye line. I can still see my T-shirt, so I was sort of like hiding a little bit behind the, the guy in front yeah, of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, oh, please don't pick on me. Please don't pick on me because he's going to yeah. bring me a new one. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's very much like that, though. He's he's really confident person. And here in the Q&As, he'll he like not pick on you, but like here uh, put the spotlight on you if you're like um, to bring like a conversation up yeah. or um, something that happened in the in the in the meet and greet. So yeah, he's uh yeah, he's a funny lad. Okay, so basically I think every every like meet and greet he's done or QA in Australia and New Zealand, they've brought the memorabilia along. So basically it's like signed shirts, signed Liverpool memorabilia, and some of them have the whole squad signed, some of them are just individually signed. Um, and they also had like a pop-up shop as well, which is like, um, like custom design t-shirts, um, stuff like this. So they're like a little, essentially like a memorabilia shop, but, um, for the memorabilia, it was an auction, wasn't it? So they had the auction yeah. and it was halfway through the show. Um, but the only thing was the auction was an absolute rip off. Like the prices <laughs> oh, yeah. were ridiculous. Um, do you want to say how? Like, yeah, go I've got I've got that. the prices here, mate. So, go on. So these are uh, signed <clears> shirts, <throat> right? That were um, sold at the auction. So for yep. a Kenny Dalglish, mm. it went for two thousand NZ. Oh. For a Trent, we have twelve hundred and fifty. <laughs> for a signed shirt by Klopp with number one back on it, <laughs> might be worth more now. But this yeah, it would, be, yeah it would be. Yeah, it would be. Nineteen hundred. Then you've got Allison fifteen hundred. Then the biggest out of all of them was uh, the Liverpool shirt signed by twelve players from the Championship winning team. Four thousand seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Wow! Now, unbelievable. You're probably thinking, I've got myself a bargain here. But if you look on any reputable uh, memorabilia website in the UK, A1 Sporting Memorabilia Good um, Icons, even the website that these guys run, <laughs> <laughs> xplayer.com. I said it. <laughs> the shirts are like half the price. Yeah, ridiculous. Absolute scam. Um, Absolute yeah, scam. I, I, was... I had my phone on me looking at the price. Yeah. I was like, oh, nah. The guy in front of me, remember him? He got in trouble for filming yeah. the the auction. The one who got in trouble yeah. because he was filming <laughs> a live robbery. <laughs> a live heist. Oh, mate, but, um... when, you, when you left, when you left, because you did leave early. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know the drunken Irish guy? At the start yeah, of the yeah. Q&A, he got oh, yeah, yeah, I him, yeah. pissed up, right? He bidded for the championship uh, winning uh, shirt, right? So he spent over 4750 right? He won. Yeah. yeah. But because he was so drunk, he wouldn't walk up to the front to take a photo with John. Yeah. And um, he, he wasted probably 10 minutes. I'm not even joking, 10 minutes. Because the guys walked around. They took the FBOS terminal to him. And his car mm. getting declined, kept getting declined. And you'd hear like the, the decline. Oh, it, was, it was embarrassing. Anyway, the money went yeah. through. And um, it got to the point where John just like totally ignored him. Like he just carried on with the whole night because it was it was so embarrassing. When, where we were seated, like he had a few, like he was just like shouting a little bit hey, earlier. Like he was, yeah. he was, yeah, he's way too, way too drunk. So 
Yeah, that was uh that would have been interesting. Oh mate, it was embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was ridiculous to see those prices though. Like I, I like I know they have to make money and stuff, but they started it way too high. Like the start prices were all over. I think all of them were over a thousand, weren't they? Yeah, all the all the reserves are a thousand. Um yeah. the one they struggled to sell. I can't remember what it was. It was a Stephen Gerrard shirt, I think it was. Didn't sell. Oh, uh, yeah. Because the yeah. reserve was like 1,200. Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, yeah, because... Again, so... it's like Kiwis don't do their research. They don't know nothing nah. about the Gate. They don't know anything about Alibaba. Nothing nah. about Spawn Band Brilliant in the UK. Like, they just go, oh, I'll just buy that. I'm like, you just got mugged. Yeah, you got mugged, yeah. Because we... Because, like, you and I, when we looked on uh, A1 Sports and stuff like that, they were like they were like going for like two like three hundred dollars five hundred dollars or something like that, weren't they? Uh, pounds, yeah. Pounds, sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So half the price of what these mugs are paid for. Yeah, yeah. So half and the more, price. So and like, more. and plus you're getting a better uh, frame as well because I wasn't too keen on the frame. And also with the stuff that these guys were selling, were you know, the shirts were like children's size shirts. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. not adult size shirts, which means yeah. the, the frame's not as big, you know. But I have to say they had a. Uh, a McAllister shirt, Argentinian yes, shirt. Yes, yes. Which didn't have the badges on it, but it had the yeah. number of the back, a signed shirt. It was about $300 NZ. Yeah. That was a bargain, I thought. Yeah, I was actually thinking to buy it. I'm not going to lie. I was hmm. thinking, do I just put a bid in for that? But uh, the only thing was, a couple of things. Number one was, um, I wasn't sure on the price if that was a good price or not. Like, obviously, I haven't done my research, so I don't know if that's uh, an actual bargain or not. Secondly, as well, I, as much as it's like Argentina won the World Cup, I kind of want it to be a Liverpool shirt because it's a Liverpool event, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's one of those ones. But yeah, it was it was a uh, out of out of the picks that was probably the best one, wasn't it? Out of all the all of the picks there, I enjoyed it. I'm not a big Liverpool fan, yeah. but I felt like I was a bit more knowledgeable than most of the fans there because like. In between the Q and A, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The Some auctions, of them people were awful. They had a few like they're, they're not Liverpool quizzes. fans. Oh, that's yeah. shocking! Wasn't it? <laughs> there was one quiz where they like, they lined up twenty people, or ten people, or whatever it was, um, to name you know the current league position. And you knew people just get it wrong, weren't they? They're even yeah, naming yeah. clubs that weren't even in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, shocking. <laughs> and the manager one as well. Remember oh, the manager one was shocking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It went it went from like uh, Brendan Rod- Rogers to like Shankly. It's like fifty year difference. Yeah, and also um, the Dalglish one made me laugh. And oh, this guy, it went down to to early nineties, and the guy fully missed out Dalglish. And this guy was yeah. probably fifty, sixty years old. I mean, yeah, he was he was, was the like, age as well. Yeah, come on now. Yeah, yeah, that just shows <laughs> that shows a little bit of the the Kiwi fan fans there, doesn't it? <laughs> but you know what, but, mate? Um, it, was, um, it was a great night. And it was I'm a good glad band. that you're able to. And, and your granddad was able to meet him as well. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. That was yeah. actually really because obviously he he uh, watched him when he was like uh, growing up and stuff. So yeah. like to watch him in the eighties, like prime what prime Barnes is like eighties. So um, and the good thing as well, what I liked about Barnes that night was he didn't just talk about Liverpool. He talked yeah. about England and Watford as well. So that was because uh, there was a Watford fan there, right? There was like a I think one yeah. or two Watford fans. Yeah, uh, yeah, and a Celtic fan as well. Celtic fan, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because he had the the Celtic shirt signed, didn't he? As well, yeah. so that was um that was quite good of him as well to sort of cover all areas. But yeah, it was a good event. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, that's awesome. So with Klopp, you know Liverpool, how do you see the rest <laughs> of the season panning out? Um, 
I'm going to have to say, so each competition, so League Cup final is not is our next final, so against Chelsea. So the past, uh, the last one we had in the final was penalties, wasn't it? Mm. So it should be a close game. Obviously, we just battered Chelsea yesterday, 4-1 in the Premier League. <laughs> um, so I think we'll go on to win that. So that's the League Cup done. Uh, Premier League, I'm not sure, just because it's still early days. And I know what Man City are like. They, they're still, if they win their game, they're two points behind, I think it is. So yeah. um, they're still very close. So I'm not sure about the Premier League. But do you think, uh, um, they, do you think because City have still got them charges pending, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There might be a situation where Liverpool might be like a, a, a couple of points behind them in the season. Yeah. City go to court. I think the outcome's after the season, eh? Yeah, 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 yeah. So there might be a situation where Liverpool get handed a trophy. Like, I mean... Would that matter to you if you get handed a trophy due to points deductions? And let's just say this though: what if the points deductions and the charges <laughs> take away all City's trophies, which mean that Liverpool get the an extra two titles on top? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would, would be hilarious. It? I mean, I, I would take it hundred percent. <laughs> but like, it would be it would be hilarious because that. I mean, the whole thing of those charges and stuff is such a long term thing. I don't. Even, I don't even think it will be done by this year. Like it's, they're just going to drag it out as much as they can, mm. um, and they still got to do Chelsea as well. People forget Chelsea still under investigation as well. So um, yeah, the whole thing with Man City is uh, just so annoying because I don't know what your thoughts are on it, but for me, if you've cheated that long from what I think it was twenty twelve all the way to mm. now, whatever it was, the years, it's like ten year period, whatever it was. That is crazy to be in like um, what's it called, like essentially cheating financially for that for that amount of time is ridiculous. Like what Everton have done, they've only done like maybe a year or two. These have done it for like ten years now, so it's it's like different kettle of fish, you know. Like I don't know how they're gonna, I don't know how they're gonna get past it, um, and I don't know what the Premier League can do because when when the Premier League saw like City's lawyers and their and their whole legal team, I think they're shaking their boots, to be honest, because yeah. the Premier League is essentially up against like a like a whole country, isn't it, really? Yeah. Because they essentially own City and then and those other affiliated clubs. So, yeah, it'll be interesting what happens. But in terms of like for Liverpool, their predictions, yeah. I'm going to say, I'll, I'll stick with first for Liverpool for the league, but I'm not yeah. sure. Um, but FA Cup will be interesting because... Um, we, I, don't, I can't remember who we've got next, but... We've got uh, I think Watford that one, or Southampton. Well, that's it, yeah, Watford or Southampton. So it hasn't been confirmed yet. Yeah, yeah, it hasn't been confirmed. So one of those two. Um, I think we'll do well on that, but FA Cup's a weird one because <sighs> cup competition, you just never know. Some team could just turn up and you could have a poor, poor day that one. So not sure about that, but I think Europa League, I think we'll win that because I'm hoping it's Shabby Alonso versus Klopp in the final. Because <laughs> obviously Leverkusen in Europa League, so... <laughs> That imagine that that would be unbelievable final. That would be <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I think I think it would be a great season for us. Obviously, deep down, I want us to to win all four trophies. That's the ultimate goal. Yeah, but um, it's just so hard to do. Um, if there was ever a time to do it, though, I think it's this season. Um, with all the players we have, all the former on Klopp leaving, I think everything's come together. The stars are aligning. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping for the best. Uh, awesome, mate. Well, thanks for your time. It's been good to have you back on. 
yeah, all the best for the season. And uh, yeah, glad that your business is doing well and your coaching and everything like that. And uh, yeah, hope to to share fields with you at some point this season. Hundred percent, mate. Hundred <laughs> percent. And uh, let's let's just hope um, Swansea beat Cardiff at some point. <laughs> Uh, uh, that's good thanks for having me thanks okay, for having mate. me on it's been a class awesome mate yeah thank you for listening to another episode of Extra Trials Football Podcast the big announcement the worst kept secret in football will be coming out very soon but for the meantime hope you have a good one Kaki Danoff <laughs>